You're listening to the Scott Radley Show podcast on 900 CHML. Yesterday around Hamilton City Council, there was an, well, there was some unhappiness. Let's put it that way. There was some unhappiness after we learned, I learned about the unhappiness on social media. Uh, Councillor Narinder Nan posted that her outrage that the vacant homes tax that looked like it was going to be a thing here in the city, it had gone through a lot of discussion. This was a tax that you would be paying an extra tax if you tax, if you had an extra home that was not being used, a vacant homes tax. The idea here, let's try and tax people into using their vacant spots because that would then solve the housing crisis or help, I guess, would be the proper way to solve the housing crisis. However, this got voted down on a 6-6 motion. 6-6 is a tie. A tie is defeated. Not all the councillors were there. Uh, The mayor had a conflict of interest. She couldn't vote on this. Uh, What happened? Let's bring in Matt Francis. He is councillor for Ward 5. He was a voter against this yesterday. Councillor, thanks for doing this today. Hey, Scott, how you doing? I am good. So there's a lot of people saying, well, wait a second, this was a great way to get, we don't know exactly how many, but a thousand or 2000 units back onto the market potentially. So people could rent them. Why would we not want to do this? Honestly, it's a, the vacant unit tax is a great idea in theory. I, I, I agree with it in principle. What I don't agree with is how we're going about this. You're going to send out a letter to 177,000 dwellings. That's all the dwellings in Hamilton and expect a hundred percent of people that own a place to respond. Um, that's the complicated part of this. So that takes a lot of manpower to do that. It costs a lot of money to do that. And it's confusing. I mean, you're, you're going to, you're going to send this to, I would just say, for example, seniors and they get it, they misplace it or they, they think it's junk or throw it out. Or, or I mean, anybody could do that. I mean, I've had people call me, they got the original mail out in April, and they thought it was junk mail, they threw it out. So, and the, <clears throat> apologies, I'm, I'm a little under the weather here. Um, so they're going to get this mail here, and um, if they don't declare every year, then they get charged a tax, no questions asked. That's where I have an issue with it. Could the could the city not put some time frame in that if someone got a tax, they could then respond and say, oops, I didn't get my letter. Can you please? And, and could that, or is that just adding extra manpower and extra work and extra levels that is going to cost us money? Yeah, there's certainly going to be those levers there. However, I mean, you, you, there's still going to be people that, you know, are confused by this or um, just choose not to declare. Um, and it's going to be costly as a result. And uh, it showed right in the report, there are several scenarios showing uh, we don't know for sure if we're actually going to make money on this. And uh, there's scenario, another scenario showing that we might never make money on this. Um, do I think we should get markets uh, or, sorry, units on the market? Absolutely. I, I mean, that's a, a great idea. Um, I just think how this is being implemented is, is wrong on, on so many levels. And, uh, you know, people are struggling right now. We're facing 142 percent tax increase and uh this is just going to be another one of those um hits to the levy that we don't need okay so we got to take a quick break here but when we come back i mean you've said right off the bat that it's not a bad idea but the way we presumably would be able to do this it doesn't work so well so this has been talked about for months how is it and we'll get back and we'll let you answer this question how is it that we could have what sounds like a good idea and yet we can't figure out a way to enforce it or bring it in that seems like it but Matt, if we knew that if this has been worked on for as long as it has, and you've said, you know what, it could potentially be a really good thing if done right, 
How is it that we, in all the time that staff or whomever was working on this, we couldn't come up with, if it's a good idea, just a way to implement it? Yeah, that's the question I've been asking since day one, and I want to make it clear. I've been consistent on this issue from day one as well. We debated this last January. Uh, This started a long time ago, and and finally it's getting implemented now. Um, We had this debate back then, and uh, I've been consistent since day one opposing it because of this reason. I I thought uh, going about it this way, um, targeting 177,000 dwellings for, and they said approximately 1,100 units, uh, that's problematic. I mean, that's, it seems like that's not a significant enough uh, figure to go about it this way. There, there could have been alternatives that we could have done. But it's, again, I just, I look at this and I think surely there, yeah, as you say, there must have been another way. And I just can't figure out why that could not have been in all this time it's been talked about, how there could not have been a compromise reached if, again, going back to your point, if the idea were, if the idea is good, surely we have to be able to get from A to B. It, it makes no sense that there's a blockage in the middle. Yeah, I, I know. This is something that we debated a long time ago, uh, 10 months ago now. And, uh, you know, and I want to touch on the what happened yesterday, too. There seems to be, you know, a lot of confusion out there with folks that uh, this is dead, it's, it's done. Um, I don't think that's the case. I, I have to check procedurally, but I, I still think that it's going to go forward. It's just that um, you know, typically when we get to the vote uh, to pass the bylaws, um, generally we just, it's, it's, it's a matter of procedure. We all sort of just say yes. Um, I've never seen an instance in the year that I've been here that uh, you say no to passing a bylaw. And I spoke to uh, Councillor Jackson, who's been there for a few more years than I have, uh, and he doesn't recall a scenario like this either. So we have to go back and debate this all over again uh, and, just, and rehash it. And maybe it is, it's an opportunity then to, to put more of this on the floor, and, and, and maybe uh, some other councillors will consider amending this. One of the things that comes out of this, and it's a secondary issue, I suppose, is there were three councillors that were absent. Now, uh, Narendra Nan, who was very uh, public about this on social media after, and I'm not saying anything that she did not say publicly. Her mother is ill and she was with, with her in hospital. She was away for a good reason. Nonetheless, it does kind of say that if you're a city councillor, it shows the importance of actually being there for all the votes, whether it's on this one or something else, because something like this could have been a very different outcome if there was full attendance. Absolutely. I, I, I listen, I'm, as, as you can tell with my voice, I'm sick. I, I made it to the meeting, and, and I understand everybody's got busy schedules, everyone's got their own things, and not everyone's there for every vote. So I, I do not blame councillors at all for not being in attendance. That's uh you know, everyone's got their own things going on. Um, we're very busy. We, we've all got busy things and, and personal matters to deal with, uh, so I don't fault them for that. Um, but, yes, uh, you know, I, but I, and I'll, be, I'll be honest with you. I don't think they realized uh, that this would happen either. And, and quite frankly, I didn't either. Um, I, I, you know, we, we made it clear that we were going to separate the vote and vote separate, separate on it 24 hours in advance. We, we let others know. And um, we did it, and it just played out that way. So now we've got to go and deal with it all over again in a few weeks' time. There's one other thing that I'll ask you about while I'm here, only because it was so stark again. Um, The other day I wrote something in the paper about how council is kind of divided. There are four councillors who seem to vote together often on one side and four who tend to vote the other way. Um, uh, Councillor Maureen Wilson, Councillor Cameron Kretsch, Narinder Nan, and Alex Wilson 
tend or, or very often vote together. And you and Councillor Tom Jackson and Councillor Esther Pauls and Councillor Mike Spatafora tend to often in controversial or contentious votes land on the same side. Kretsch and Nan were not here for this one, so but they both expressed publicly where they would have landed. Um, you, Jackson, Paul, Spatafora voting together again. What's going on that these are that there are these two teams on council? I, I can't explain it. I mean, I know what I'm hearing from my residents. It's it's very loud and clear that people are struggling, they're suffering. The the cost of living is is incredibly expensive for them right now, and I'm representing that as best as I can. I'm fighting to get this tax levy down to a, a reasonable amount. I oppose the 5.8 percent tax increase. So I go to City Hall with that in my mind, what I'm hearing from my constituents every single day. I go in there and I passionately defend what I'm hearing from my constituents. And, and uh, you know, that'd be a question for them. Maybe they're hearing uh, something different from their constituents. But do you believe that it is a philosophical difference between two sides? Or do you believe that it's got more to do with geography and what the needs of your particular wards are? I, it's hard to say. It, it could be a bit of it could be a bit of everything. Um, uh, certainly, from my experience, though, I could tell you quite honestly, it's it's very loud and clear from my constituents uh, what they want, and I go out there and and uh, serve them as as best as I can, and serve as many people uh, as possible. I try to serve every single resident of Ward Five and, and have every single voice heard. So. Um, you know, if, if it's philosophical, I'm not too sure, but, uh, for me, it's, it's a matter of what I'm hearing in my community and I go out there each and every day and, uh, represent them as best as I can. Let's go back for just a minute that we have left here about the, uh, the vacant homes tax. So is there in your mind then, uh, a likelihood that this comes back for revisiting and is there a likelihood that with a different execution plan that this thing could actually still happen? Yeah, I, I, st- I still think it's going to go forward. I, th- I think it's just a matter of uh, working out whatever procedures need to be worked out. Um, like I said, I, I will raise uh, to my colleagues the idea of, of an amended version of this because it's, this is not appropriate to send it to 177,000 homes and expect 100% of people to respond to this. That's, uh, I don't think that's very reasonable. And uh I'm just, I'm, I'm really worried about the seniors out there and the families out there that are going to just open their mailbox one day and say, the city of Hamilton is looking for hundreds or thousands of dollars that you owe them. And they're going to go, for what? And, and maybe they thought, you know, the, the pamphlet, pamphlet that they received was junk mail. And let me tell you, when we first sent that out the first time, um, the calls and emails that we got were endless. It was relentless. It was one after the other. What is this program? They, they didn't like it. Uh, they're very, people were very confused by it. Um, so, uh, again, representing my constituents, they, they are not happy about this, and I'll uh, continue to oppose it. Um, uh, that's uh, what I'm going to do. As Matt Francis, Ward 5 Councillor, I appreciate the time today. I hope you're feeling better. Thank you, Scott. The Scott Radley Show. Weekday evenings from 6 to 8 on 900 CHML.